Ari Rosenbaum here with another fun-filled episode that for 1K Podcast. This week's topic, we're going to talk about recent changes that plan providers may not like. Or recent changes that I don't like. Um, but anything, first things first. That 4K conference, uh, this episode drops on Friday. Still time to sign up for the Tuesday event in Phoenix, Arizona. Special guest, Luis Gonzalez. June 24th, Miami, Florida. October 14th, Charlotte, North Carolina. Please sign up. Go to that 41K, uh, that41ksite.com for further information. 100 bucks gets you plenty of food, stadium tour. We have limited tickets to the uh, Diamondbacks game. So uh, I appreciate uh, if you would jo- uh, join us for uh, what would be a, a great, great event. Anything, uh, I'm sorry. Next, um, we talk about the issue at hand, and um, Ed Asner uh, passed away not too long ago. I always liked Ed Asner, may not necessarily liked his politics, but I thought Ed Asner was a great actor. Um, you know, one of the funny things was uh, he w- played Lou Grant on Mary Tyler Moore, and then after the Mary Tyler Moore show ended, he turned that comedic character into a serious uh, character on the show Lou Grant. And of course, for me, he played Mr. Fredrickson on the move in the movie Up, which is probably my favorite Pixar movie of all time. Uh, probably has to do with the fact that when my son Jason was little, he looked exactly like Russell. And um, in our house, uh, you know, the older that I get, I and you know, uh, I complain a lot. Um, you know, my wife considers me like Mr. Fredrickson, who's just this you know grumpy old man. But on Curb Your Enthusiasm, which is, you know, as people know, probably my favorite show that's still on the air, Ed Asner was a guest star. And he played an elderly man who wanted to change his will. So uh, his son was somebody that had worked with Larry. And um, Larry gives a recommendation. Joel Reynolds is the name of the attorney. And Ed Asner's there, the character, and he's like, you're Joel Reynolds? What's with with the getup? Is this some kind of Halloween, you know, uh, party or something? And Joel's like, no, it's it's Casual Friday. And, uh, you know, Ed Asner's character just doesn't understand. What do you mean Casual Friday? Which I always laughed about when I used to work at the office. Casual Friday. And um, for me, in my own practice, every day is Casual Friday. Last week, I spoke at the Financial Planning Association's Connecticut Annual Conference, and it was the first time we wore suit in two years. So it asked this character, it's like, you know, what's this getup? And Joel Reynolds is like, you know, this is Casual Friday, where, you know, we, we, we wear clothes as if we're at home. And it asked this character, like, but you're not at home. And, you know, Joel Reynolds is like, it's only one day a week. And it just says, I don't care if it's half a day a week. And, uh... I, I always quote that line anytime I like hear something, I'm like, I don't like it. You know, I don't even, I don't even care if it's half a day a week. And I, I've been always using that line. And of course, Ed Asner's character leaves in a huff and the attorney, Joel Reynolds says, well, come back. If you come back on a Monday, but anyway, a lot of changes in the retirement plan business, plan providers may not like, but more importantly, Honestly, it's what I don't like. Uh, so, you know, quite honestly, if I point these out, you might not like them as well. Number one, the consolidation of the retirement plan business. Um, it's continuing. Um, 
it's been that road for the last 10 years. If you think about it, fee disclosure regulations was a game changer. A lot of plant providers out there said, you know what, we don't want to deal with, uh, you know, fee disclosure. Maybe our fees are too high. Um, we're going to exit stage right or stage left, as it may be. And, you know, we know a lot of the insurance company providers exited their business, Mass Mutual, Prudential. Um, There's quite a few changes in the business. And not only that, consolidation in the TPA space. Over the last 10 years, uh, Ascensus has certainly been one of the major players uh, in consolidation, and they've done a terrific job of, um, you know, buying a lot of smaller TPA shops, uh, you know, especially on their future plan line, keeping the brain trust in place um, and, and doing a fantastic job. And, you know, Empower, um, that's another 800-pound uh, gorilla in the room, as they say. Uh, we see that in the RIA space. Um, a lot of companies out there. And, um, you know, my issues with it, obviously, um, you know, I think from one standpoint is if you're a smaller provider, I think smaller providers out there are just obviously fearful. You know, you have the 800-pound gorilla in the room. But my issue with consolidation is not with that. You know, I don't really see, um, you know, as an attorney on my own or as an attorney, I don't fear uh, Empower. I don't fear uh, a census because they do what they do, and that's not what I do. And even if I did what they did, um, there's enough room in this business to develop your own niche. So if I was in the TPA space and Empower and the census were there, um, I, I don't. The only competition I've ever seen in my life is myself. You know, uh, I had family. I had family members who, you know, were always jealous, trying to compete with me. And the only person that I've ever competed with is myself. Uh, I am my worst critic. Um, I'm the one who, you know, if I'm going to be disappointed in anybody, it's going to be on, in myself. And um, my first issue with consolidation is obviously change. And I worked for two TPAs over almost a 10-year period, and both companies were bought out. And change is inevitable. Um, Consolidation to me means that there are going to be plenty of good retirement plan professionals who will be placed on waivers. They will lose their jobs because they might be considered redundant. So um, a few weeks back, I met somebody who I know worked for a company that just got bought out. And I said, are you okay? And he says, for the time being, I am. Uh, but you don't know. When a company buys another company, they look you know, it's a merger or a purchase. There's always a move towards consolidation, looking at costs. Where can we trim costs? And unfortunately, people get clipped. That's a, that's a fact. Um, again, I've told the story. Great Long Island TPA shop. They got bought out. Everybody I ever liked over there, gone, uh, including a buddy I saw a couple days ago. He just, he, he just couldn't take it anymore, and he left. He was working at the company for almost 20 years. And... Uh, you know there are plenty. Uh, there you know there are plenty of employees out there in the time plant space aren't very good. Um, there are fewer good people than not so good people, I think. But unfortunately, I think that a lot of talented people are you know over the last few years have been certainly placed on waivers. Um, and again, like I said, you know when you, you see small TPAs bought out, the people that you like, the administrators, the brain trust, uh, a lot of times they leave. And it happens more often than not. I will 
be so bold and to say when a census bought a lot of these TPAs on this future plant platform, one of the best things they ever did was keep the brain trust of these successful TPAs to, to, to continue. Because again, I, I've seen too many TPAs, they get bought out uh, and everything you liked about the place is gone. They change the name, they do this, they do that, but more importantly, you lose people that you like. You know, to me, life is like a Cheers bar. Um, Cheers with my favorite shows. You know, um, today I'm going to, today is, I record on Tuesdays. Today is pizza day because my son loves the local pizza shop, Pizziola, out in Oceanside. I go there. Everybody knows my name. They treat me well. Uh, they, they talk to me. They're nice things. Sometimes they throw in an extra slice or whatever it is. But I treat them well as, I, I treat them well. I, I tip now, ever since COVID, I tip on the takeout orders. It's just, you know, thank you for the guys, you know, struggling and whatnot. And when you have a TPA bought out by another, um, and, you know, it's not, you know, it's not the same bartender, it's not the same administrator, it's not the same consultant, it's not the same actuary, because those people left for greener pastures and they just didn't like what was going on. Uh, that's bad. And, uh, you know, um, to me, that's the, the problem I have in consolidation. I mean, in terms of competition, uh, the 800-pound gorillas in the room, uh, when you're so large, you can't be as nimble. You're focused on the bottom line. You're focused for lines of business that are more profitable, that you'll just exit certain segments of the um, service lines of the retirement plan business. If you are a large company, you, you're probably maybe publicly traded, you're looking at containing costs and you're looking to focus on the lines of business that produce the most revenue. So you might say, you know what, I'm not going to service plans that are $5 million or less. I'm not going to service plans that are $10 million or less. I'm not going to service defined benefit plans, the monies in 401k plans, you know, that sort of thing. I, I knew a CPA who just, you know, uh, focused on 401k plans. They had a very good, successful uh Balance forward, DB, profit sharing, money purchase business, and they sold it to a, a competing provider because they just didn't see it as profitable, you know, as profitable as, as a 401k plan business. And so uh, I think as a plan provider, I do see consolidation as opportunity, and uh, you, you may find, you know, good staff along the way. That's how I see it. One change I don't like, another change I don't like is niche, I call niche, niche investment retirement plans. So uh, when I grew up, there were two types of Cheerios as far as I remember. There was plain Cheerios, which is what I ate, and Honey Nut Cheerios, which I didn't eat because I had sugar, I had honey. I think if you go now, I think I was at Stop and Shop yesterday, which is a local supermarket. I think there was something like Honey and Vanilla Cheerios. I never heard of that one before. But, I mean, there's like dozens, it feels like there are dozens of Cheerios. I mean, you know, do we really need an ancient grain cereal? Uh, chocolate Cheerios, I understand. But, I mean, you know, Honey Vanilla or Blueberry, this, I, I, I just don't understand. But... Companies out there think that, uh, you know, if we produce 20-some-odd Cheerios, we'll sell more Cheerios. Um, that's how they see it. You know, what's what's the what's the big deal to add a, another another flavor? We're, we're going to add it. And, you know, over, the, over time, uh, they add new flavors. They take back whatever's not selling. It's the same thing with um, Coke. Uh, 
there's a new Coke Zero Star, was it Starburst or Starbright edition or whatever it is that tastes like cotton candy. Uh, you know, that's what Coca-Cola will do. But, uh, you know, uh, retirement plan business doesn't work the same way. So, uh, you know, uh, right now, pooled employer plans are, you know, obviously the big discussions of the day. And it always seems like someone's coming out with one, you know, one a day. And, uh, you know, a buddy of mine, Lyle uh, Himball from Granite Group, he was at uh, my Las Vegas event at New York, New York Hotel and Casino. And uh, he's got a PEP, and he said, you know, he knows of at least a dozen PEPs that went out of business. So PEPs were about a year old, and according to him, about a dozen PEPs went out of business. And why did they go out of business? They went out of business because they didn't have assets. And, uh, you know, providers, in my opinion, sometimes selling PEPs remind me of anybody who opened the store for a fad. Um, I knew uh, a family that opened up one of the video rental, first video rental businesses, videotape rental businesses that I ever saw in my life. I think I was seven years old. And they had a stationary store and they started to rent videotapes. And slowly but surely by 85, the entire store was no longer a stationary store. It was a video rental place. And eventually they sold the business before Blockbuster came and killed everybody. But, uh, you know, how many businesses in the back in the day we had Beanie Baby stores? Uh, uh, in Oceanside, we had a wrestling figure store uh, that I think at a certain time it became a beanie store or whatever it was. Uh, I think most peps that we see today are going to fail just because they don't have plant assets. There's so much competition out there. Uh, and I certainly understand that there's a need for plant providers to make uh, peps stand out. But there are a couple of plant providers who have developed what I call a niche PEP. And to me, it's one like based on investment strategy. Uh, I saw somebody uh, out there who offered a PEP that would, had a focus on ESG funds. I don't know that there, there's going to be that many adopting employers out there that are going to be interested in a plan just because they have a focus on ESG. And quite honestly, in my opinion about ESG, I drive a Prius V. Uh, most of the time I'm kind of vegan. Um, I don't necessarily think ESG funds are the way to go in a 401k plan. Why? I don't know what an ESG fund is. I don't know what an ESG company is. Uh, depending on what a company does, one, you know, if you have an oil company that's focused on renewable energy, is that an ESG play? Um, I, some com fund companies may say yes, but some fund companies say no. Is Toyota because they have the Prius, the plug-in Prius. It's a shame they don't have the Prius V anymore. They're probably in the market for a new car in two years. And are, are, are they an issue play? Uh, I, I just, I'm not a big fan of sector funds within a 401k plan. So I'm just, I don't understand um, if there will be a whole host of interest in these ESG peps. You know, ESG funds can underperform the market. Um, and again, for every two mutual fund companies, you might have three opinions on what an ESG fund is and what constitutes one. And, um, you know, my opinion, you know, when you're adopting employer, you have to vet a, a, vet a plan. And I still think uh, these features are, are certainly a problem. And right now, uh, with a Democrat in the White House, ESG funds uh, are, have support. 
2024, we don't know if Biden's running for re-election. We don't know the state of the country in 2024. We may have an economic recovery. We may have the end of inflation. Russia might be out of Ukraine. I don't know. But if we have a Republican in the White House, uh, don't be surprised, like the Trump White House, there will be a, a view returning to that they don't like issue funds. To me, an issue-flavored PEP, uh, you know, might draw scrutiny and apathy. Uh, to me, you know, I see these ESG PEPs as a, as a as a solution really looking for a problem. And I, I certainly understand the marketing aspect of it, but, you know, my concerns is obviously on the fiduciary side of things. Uh, next, uh, the good and bad of state-mandated IRA programs. You know, I love the idea that uh, – I like ideas that increase retirement plan coverage. I was always a big fan of automatic enrollment once it became part of the code and you had the QDIA. Uh, I do like state-mandated IRA programs and the fact that it forces employers to either have a plan of their own or to join the program. I do have an issue with these state-mandated IRA programs versus, uh, you know, uh, my issue is for the employers, obviously, who decide to do nothing and enroll in the program rather than setting up a plan of their own or joining a PEP. You know, the simple IRAs really allow for fewer salary deferrals and employer contributions to the 401k plan. Uh, and more importantly, you know, with most IRA programs out there, plan participants will get almost no support. You know, you open up a simple IRA for yourself, for your company, um, a solo 401k, you know, you are left to die, uh, in my opinion. Uh, and, and I'm a cynic when it comes to politics. Um, whoever the state picked as the provider, I don't necessarily think uh, it might, you know, it's possible that the selection might not have been on the up and up. Uh, so, you know, I, what I do like about the state programs, again, it will increase retirement plan coverage, and it's an opportunity for plan providers to push out PEPs. I think PEPs are the perfect solution for state-mandated programs, get people to save more and whatnot. That's just my two cents. Last but not least, um, this one cuts close to home, is the cutback in sponsored dollars and, and live events. Um, I've been running the regional that 4K conference since 2018. Uh, June will mark the 40-year anniversary of the first event at City Field. Uh, it's certainly fun to travel major league baseball stadiums and NFL stadiums around the country and meet advisors and plant providers. To me, it's a great way to network, especially, you know, if we also have a you know game to watch as well. Obviously, I've been hurt by COVID. Um, you know, and, you know, I have hope that one day it will come back to normal and I could run the six to nine events a year. But, uh, you know, obviously attendance on my side of things is, 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 is low. But, you know, I see that going on with, uh, you know, other events. You know, there are a lot of great organizations that are dependent on conferences. Um, you know, you know, we have a great, you know, ARA, you know, Napa is their big event, ASPA. Um, you know, I'm certainly sure that they will, you know, continue to see a, a cutback in, in attendance. And I see in my events a cutback in attendance. And when you have a cutback in attendance, you're going to have plan providers that are just going to cut back in the sponsorship dollars. Um, 
I don't know if we're ever going to get back into back to normal. I think that there's always going to be a, a cut down on attendance, even five years down the line. And uh, you know, for me, if that if I said you know that the Miami or Charlotte event was the last 401k conference, uh, and I've half thought that, I, I've always pondered, what are we doing? Is there a future here? If I stop tomorrow, I'll be fine. Uh, in certain ways, after the September friends, uh, it might be better if I stop because uh, those were, those unfortunately were money losers. But you know, there's some, like I said, there's some great trade organizations. They are hurt more than me if there's a cutback in attendance and sponsorship dollars and 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 whatnot. You know, they need those, they need that revenue from these events to survive. Again, I could stop tomorrow and I'll be fine. But you know, I think that. Down the line, um, I think the new normal is certainly going to be uh, a cutback in attendance and uh, marketing budgets. And the new normal is going to, unfortunately, in my opinion, last a long time. And that's terrible. Um, you know, I'm hoping to go to Napa finally for the first time in six years next next year in San Diego. We'll see. We'll see what's happening. I, I think it's right near Passover. And we'll see if the Padres are in town. It's always a good excuse to go to a ball game. But, you know, that's that's the problem. And I know that plant providers have been cutting back their budgets. You know, if they're, they want return on their money. And if they're not getting in attendance, they're going to cut back. You know, I went to an event a couple weeks ago. I saw that the attendance was, you know, you had a half full room. Uh, that's a problem. And that's not something that's going to be fixed uh, in the short term. And I don't know if it's going to be fixed in the long term. So anyway, go to that 4 for further information on all our events. Come to Phoenix if you can. It's going to be fun. And uh, hope you tune in next week for another episode of that 4 k Podcast. Thanks.